A lot of people say that they are called, but the question is, who is the one who's doing the calling? This is Beyond the Call. Welcome to Beyond the Call. You know, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 7, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. But the question is, what if you've never ever in your life heard of Jesus Christ? Or what if God's never been a part of your life? Does God truly care about you enough to call you from that circumstance into knowledge with him? and then to change your life. On this edition of Beyond the Call, we're gonna to talk to Cherie Joshua. She is somebody from Israel, and this is a fascinating interview because we're gonna to talk to her about God. When she was young, she really didn't know about him. Very interesting since her window from her bedroom was across from a synagogue in Israel. Fascinating stuff. The most known, yet most underread book in the world. What is it? It's the Bible. It is known by millions, yet undiscovered by millions. The Bible is a book rich in the knowledge about us and about God. Come along with us as we explore this beautiful book full of God's wonder and discover what it really means to be human. From the first book of Genesis all the way to the last book of Revelation, join us. People determined to know what the Word of God says. For your sample copy of the Bible Discovery Guides, contact us at Bible Discovery, P.O. Box 150, Murraysville, Pennsylvania, 15668-0150. Or in Canada, P.O. Box 456, Orangeville, Ontario, L9W5G2 or simply go to www.biblediscoverytv.com. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1 says, My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands for length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. Length of days, long life, and the last one is important, peace. Uh, I find that fascinating. And as we continue on our work here today, we're going to talk to Cherie Joshua. Now this is somebody I think is very important for everybody to see and hear. And Cherie, welcome, good to have you here. Thank you. I wanna know, where you came from. Where are you from? Where am I from? I'm originally, I was born and raised in Israel. So you were born in Israel. Mm -hmm. And as an Israeli, you were raised there. Where did you live? I lived just outside of Tel Aviv in a town called Ramat Gan. Wow, that's amazing. Now, let me ask you a question. As you were growing up and you became aware of your life around you, you know, your little child and all of that, 
Did you ever hear of a name for God? Like, for example, you knew Elohim, you knew all of yes. that. But did you ever hear about Jesus Christ? The only thing that I've heard about Jesus Christ is that we don't say this name, we don't talk about this name, we don't ask about this name. So it was a complete and absolute taboo. So your mom and your father, they told you this. So no, it no? was just it was just in society, just just absorbing it as a child from from kindergarten. Is that right? I remember I have a memory from kindergarten about so that. When you heard the name, when you first heard the name. Yes. Okay, when was that when you first heard the name? Oh, um, I really can't. I, I probably was in elementary school of uh, past kindergarten. And past all kindergarten. That. The, 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 the kindergarten aspect, now that I'm talking to you, I remember going to kindergarten and I had earrings at the age of five. Don't ask me why. And, and, and I remember a boy pointing out at my ears and saying, oh, you're wearing a cross in, in Hebrew. And I did not know what a cross was, but his tone conveyed to me that I did something really, really, really wrong. And so the idea of a cross was even taboo. Oh, I mean, huge. Yes. Okay, th this is fascinating. So in Israel, you know, you didn't mention Jesus Christ. You didn't hear about Jesus Christ. The idea of a cross mm -hmm. is, I mean, you don't wear that or you're looked down on if you right. do wear that. Right. So um, what was your home life like? So our home life, we were fairly secular, like most Israelis are. Um, so, so what I've observed as a child at the time, I, I grew up in the um, late 70s, 80s, and you were either orthodox, which we were not, or you're secular, observing the holidays and Shabbat, going to visit family. That would be the extent of... So Shabbat is the one holiday. It's the weekly holiday. But yes. So what are the other holidays you observe then? So let's say on Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish New Year, and Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, which is the highest holiday, Jewish holiday. Um, that's when I remember we had a synagogue right across from my bedroom window. And I used to watch and hear the men. It was only the men that I could see. I don't think women were allowed at, at that particular synagogue. Um, I would hear them pray. And that was the extent of my spiritual experience of religion or my Jewish upbringing, um, the, the thing is growing up in Israel is that you're already Jewish. You don't need to do anything about it. So when you hear the prayer, you're already Jewish, but when you hear the prayer, that must be intriguing because mm. your, your mom and yes. your father were not necessarily religious. They were Correct. secular Jews or non-religious Jews. So did you hear about God? I craved God, um, didn't know what I was craving. But for example, hearing those uh, prayers on Yom Kippur, really, uh, now I can use the word pierced my heart. And even to the day when I hear that particular um, tune of that prayer, I just, it's just so sweet. So I craved, why are we, what, what are we doing here on this planet? Who is God? Who is, who is Elohim? I mean, what is behind all this? My mother grew up in a communist country, so she was not even told she was Jewish until the age of, I think, 12. It just was not safe. 
My father grew up in a bit more traditional home where he used to go with his father to synagogue. So my father had that thirst with the creator of, of the world. Um, we didn't really talk about it much at home because again, you're just Jewish. On Shabbat, you go visit grandma and that's about it. So you're growing up in these prayers across from your bedroom window, you're hearing the synagogue mm -hmm. grow. Synagogue, of course, the gathering place of, of uh, Jews and all of that. Um, what did you think when they were praying to Elohim? What did you think? I really, uh, I think it was more of a feeling, a visceral feeling of this is so beautiful beyond the level of the flesh. Of course, I didn't have the words to indicate that. Um, that was a spiritual experience. But then as I grew up, became a teenager, etc., I didn't really bother with exploring what God is. I was, I think I was just too miserable to live life as a teenager, <laughs> you know, just, it is hard. Um, but it was, it was until I was an adult that I really started to dissect that. Who is God? And So what was the answer? Oh my gosh, the, the answer clearly is Yeshua. The answer is the Messiah. The answer is Jesus. But it took forever for me, my forever, to find him. But he already knew me from before I was born. So God knew you. God knew me. You had to find him. So, so yes. tell me about that story because that's interesting. Yes, for sure. So uh, we moved to Canada in the mid-90s, my parents, my two brothers, and myself. Um, I was already drafted to the army, which is mandatory in Israel. I didn't complete my service because my family was outside of the country. I don't think I was emotionally even mature enough to, to be on my own without my family. Long story. We moved to Canada. I couldn't speak any English. And so I used to take a lot of walks just by myself. And I think that started my, my um, journey in, there must be a reason why I'm on this planet, right? And I did ask this question, even at the age of five and six, but I just, there was no, there was no answer. And I remember thinking that there must be something out there bigger than me. Please, I hope there is, right? Um, and actually now that, that I'm, uh, I'm a huge animal lover. And what brought me to my knees before knowing Christ was one of my pet rabbits had to be euthanized. That was in, in late 90s. And I remember that was so difficult. I remember literally on the pavement outside of the vet office saying in a really loud voice, I wish I believed in God or something because I had, I mean, he's, he's dead and that's it. I just couldn't take it. And, and I've experienced death of family members in the past. So this whole, uh, I think this bunny was, was a culmination of all the other questions that I had in my life of who is God and, and, and I'm not Orthodox, so am I even allowed to find him? So the death of the bunny and all of that sort of brought all of these questions together for you. Mm -hmm. And you're still searching for God. Yes. So. Where did you search now? Because now you've got yeah. this, you're, you're, it's getting more desperate. Where oh, did you go? Very desperate. It's very true. That's a good word. Um, well, I didn't find an answer clearly because I was expecting it like a cup of coffee to come to me. 
And so what I did is I, I've always, I was always interested in the human mind and development. So I went and studied psychology. It was very difficult. Again, had no English at the beginning there. Took nine years to finish, um, six years to finish a BA and then extra three years to finish a master's in child psychology. Then went on to practice. And I got very involved with the Toronto Psychoanalytic Society. So that, that, the top there, as, as we like to, as we called ourselves at the time, right? Deep, deep, deep. Um, and I thought, hey, here's my answer. Who needs God? Psychoanalysis, psychology, psychiatry, it is what it is. And, uh, but that was not the answer. And I moved to Vancouver in 2007. I'm really fast forwarding. And then I got really deep into new age and sorcery, thinking that was God. And was that it? was not God. Oh my goodness. So now you're into sorcery and you're into mystics and all yes. of that. And God is calling your name. Oh, you yeah. just haven't heard it yet because no. you've never been introduced to him. So my question is, you're in Vancouver. What took place mm. at that moment mm. that shook you and you realized something was there? I'm going to condense the long story into a one sentence. I gave my life to Jesus on the floor at the BC Cancer Center in 2013. Okay, so ho hold on a minute. You, you just introduced a whole thing here. You, first of all, you gave your life to Jesus Christ who you didn't know. Correct. Second of all, it's in the cancer center. Yes. And thirdly, here you are. Now, what happens? We'll have to find out in a few minutes mm. because it's important to hear how Jesus Christ responded to you because this is a changing moment in your life. I want to hear about that, and I'm sure you do too. So in just a moment, we'll be back to talk more with her about this. But stay tuned, because it, this is a good one today. A program experience delivering what God is saying to the human race today. Reading the Bible from cover to cover, we learn how God spoke to the people in the past, speaks about the future, and shows us how to react and respond to the difficulties and discovering of our lives today. Bible Discovery TV is a program hosted by the Hembry family as they uncover the meaning of God's message to planet Earth. To discover the meaning of God's Word and how the Lord is speaking to us today, visit Bible Discovery TV at BibleDiscoveryTV.com. That's BibleDiscoveryTV.com. You know, there are many things that we introduced in the last segment, but, but, but you started with this statement. I mean, you didn't know God. You, you didn't understand him. You're a cross when you're growing up from the synagogue in Israel. Now you've come to Canada. You've nine years of school. Now you're on the top level. <laughs> and now you're, then you say, I was in Vancouver on the floor of the cancer center where I met Jesus Christ. Correct. What happened? <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm going to rewind two years prior to that. March, 2011, I was in my room renting an apartment in Vancouver. And at that point, I was so deep into New Age practices 
to the point that I was teaching it, things like Reiki, A Course in Miracles, and I'm purposely calling them by name because these are false teachings. But I did not know that. I was still searching for God. I was thinking I was doing God's work. And I had students, many. Almost every weekend I taught a class. Um, and then somebody gave me a book, and that book is called A Course in Miracles. And I thought, okay, I like miracles. I opened the book and I see the words Christ, Holy Spirit, Jesus. My first reaction was I threw the book on the wall because I'm a Jew. We don't read books with those names in it. But something, I was just too curious. So I picked up that book again, started reading it. Now, while the book, disclaimer, talks about Christ, it actually calls it Christ consciousness. It is not the Bible. It is not a biblically driven book. It is a false book that was created to, to cause confusion. I did not know that. Never read the Bible. But I'm reading this book and I'm falling in love with this character called Christ, who talks about peace and um, love and all these things. So at that time, there was internet, not when I was growing up though, so I could find out who Christ was. And then I find out he is a Jew and he walked in the same streets that I did. And he grew up in the same country that I did. And I'm not allowed to ask questions about him. I mean, I was mad. I was just angry. I mean, <laughs> I felt like my whole life I've been lied to, not by my parents because they didn't know either by society. Um, again, at the time, we didn't have the internet to search. There was nothing. And the more I read about this Christ person, the more I wanted to know more. And so the Bible says God knows our heart. My heart started aching for Jesus, for God. But I was so fearful that my family will know, Israel will know, I don't know who would know that I'm that I'm searching Jesus on the internet, that I kept it a huge secret. And now I'm going back to 2011 on my bed, reading that book, thinking this is a book from God. And then I see him. I literally, with my own eyes, see Jesus in my bedroom. And I know like I know that it was him. You don't have to believe it. I know it was him. And he opened his, uh, his arms. He was wearing a talit, a prayer shawl. He had those br bronze skin, that's all I remember, and, and brown shoes that are very typical to Israel at the time. Opened his arms like this and said, come to me. And, and then he was gone. And I knew that I saw Jesus looking like a Jew. Of course he was looking like a Jew, he was a Jew, but um, I, 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 at that moment, I just, I just needed to find out what happened to me. Now remember, I'm coming from the psychology and psychoanalysis background, so that was a spiritual moment. And from that day on, I spent two years trying to intellectually understand what happened to me. I knew it was not a, um, an illusion or delusion, I knew the difference. Um, I went to Israel thinking, oh, that's what he meant, come to me, go back to, to live in Israel. So I announced to my family that I'm going back to Israel, went to Israel, walked the streets, walked in, in forests and said, okay, I'm here. 
uh, hello, now what? Silence, nothing. Um, nothing happened in Israel. From what I expected, came back to Canada. I was very depressed at that point. Depressed, disillusioned, and angry. And I still believed that I saw Jesus, but at that point, I looked up and I said, you know what? I don't know what you want from me. I'm just gonna take it from here on my own and I'm gonna get myself a nice job. I moved back to Vancouver, which I liked, and sat there in my office, my new job, very proud of myself. And I could hear my thoughts going, you know there's more than this. And on that week, um, I was called to, I, I went to a routine checkup at a doctor and she did a biopsy on a lump that they found in my breast. And I thought, okay, whatever, you know, no, no biggie. It turned out to be stage three breast cancer that was so rare that I had to be flown to Sunnybrook for a case conference with the doctors. They did a case conference because I've never seen a case like this before. It was so demonic that I call it demonic and there's a reason because I opened myself up to all these demons through the new age part. So you, you were struck with cancer. Correct. You felt that it was a, a demonic attack because- I didn't know at the time, yeah. But Jesus himself said, come to me. Yes. So you were, whether you knew it or not, you were in the process yes. of coming to him. That's right. That's so right. you go to this conference, what happens? So I didn't go to the conference. I, I heard that they have to do a conference, a case conference because they've never seen it. What happened is that the, the actual cancer was, uh, sorry to be specific, but there's a reason. Uh, it was actually um, capsuled in a ball and inside of it were cancer cells. So it was protected, if you may, because if this ball would burst, I would not be here today. Um, and right away I was thrust into emergency mastectomy, um, six months of chemo, one year of uh, 30 year radiation treatment, one year, hell, it was hell. But what happened the day that I was told of the diagnosis, I realized I have nothing to run away from. And when the oncologist left the room, that's when I fell on the floor. That was still in 2013. And I said, okay, if I die, I die as long as I come to you. But if you let me live, I will give my life to you. And you did. And I did. And he let you live. I did not die but live to declare the work of the Lord. That's amazing. What an amazing story. Psalm so after that, you were living in Vancouver. So when did you, you came here? I had to leave everything behind. My beautiful mother flew there grabbed everybody, including four pets and uh, <laughs> four animals with four you. animals with me, couldn't give them up, went to live with my mom and my dad at the age of 38 at the time. And that was grace. Uh, I had to relearn how to live with my parents as an adult and uh, went through treatments, couldn't work at the time. And um, God was gracious enough to lead me to a messianic congregation where I was discipled and learned about the Bible. So you learned about the Bible after, and I don't know how old you were, but after all those years. Yes, I was 39. Mm -hmm. So the prayers of the Jews in the synagogue, yeah. suddenly they became real to you because they were Jewish prayers, but the real prayer to God oh, yes. became really something that's important to you. And that's when Jesus Christ became more than just a name to you. 
Correct. Yeshua HaMashiach is the King of Kings. He is the Son of God. He is God in the flesh. I know it like, like I, no one can take this away from me now. I gave him my life and he gave me, I gave him my life. He gave me back life abundantly. There are some people watching and they're trying to figure out who Yeshua HaMashiach is. Mm -hmm. What would you say to them? What I would say is, um, don't listen to me. <laughs> you know, ask him directly. Ask yourself why, as a Jew, perhaps, if there are any Jewish people listening, why are we not allowed to ask about him? Find out for yourself. Uh, we are blessed with the internet these days. It's easy. Read the uh, New Testament, the Brita Chadasha, and that will show you the true face of God. In Jeremiah 31, God says, and I will, uh, uh, I, I'm thinking of Hebrew, I will bring forth a new covenant with my people. This is Jesus. I would say to you, if you want to live life that is more than just this flesh and, and, and the pleasures that we have here, if you want life abundantly, call out the name Yeshua or Jesus. Ask Him to show you who the real, who the real Savior is, you will be surprised. He is actually calling you right now. I believe Jesus knows us before we know Him, clearly. I'm an example. I would not be here today if it wasn't for Him. And when I give my life to Him, He just filled my life with blessings that I cannot describe. Not every day is without challenges, but He gives me the strength to overcome them. The Bible Discovery Guide takes you through pages of the most important book that you will ever read. It is the Word of God. Through careful exploration and thoughtful insight, we uncover the truths presented in the Bible. For your sample copy, write to P.O. Box 150, Murraysville, Pennsylvania, 156680150. That's Bible Discovery, P.O. Box 150, Murraysville, Pennsylvania, 156680150. In Canada, write to Bible Discovery, P.O. Box 456, Orangeville, Ontario, L9W 5G2. That's Box 456, Orangeville, Ontario, L9W 5G2. Or simply go to BibleDiscoveryTV.com. You know, it's interesting. The Bible talks to us about Jesus Christ and says in Romans chapter 10, beginning with verse eight, but what does it say? The word is near you. It's in your mouth. It's in your heart. That is the word of faith, which we preach that if you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Let me ask you a question. Do you believe that? Jesus is real. God is real and he's alive and he stands here today and says, come to me, come to the Lord Jesus Christ and pray these words with me. Say, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross and you rose again 
and I believe that you are Lord of everything. Thanks for paying the cost of my sin. Come into my heart and be my Lord on this day. In the name of Jesus Christ, and we said together, all of us, amen.